Welcome to today's video. My name is Mark, and this is a very special occasion for, for me today. My younger son, Brandon's younger brother, Jesse, has been spending a few days with us here at our home, and we are going to talk, do a talk today about boomers, 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 and, and zoomers. Exactly. So I, I was getting those two confused. I'm a baby boomer, as Many of you probably know. Now, Jesse is right on the cusp. He's at the back end of the Zoomer category and just into the Gen Z. And so, you know, depending on, depending on what metrics you're using, uh, you know, there's a bit of debate on which one of those would be appropriate. But Jesse's going to be today, he's going to be representing that demographic. And we're going to just cover some of the topics that we feel or what we know from the studies we've looked at are relevant to this age group and some of the concerns that you have from a money perspective, not necessarily investing directly, but just more from a money management perspective. And there's a study that we did recently, or we looked at recently on Expedian. And oh, sorry, I'll do that again. There's a study that we looked at called, uh, there's an experience study that we looked at in preparation for this video. And some of the, st the statistics that come out of this are really uh, quite alarming, I would say couple of things. First of all, 49% of your demographic feel that it's important and you're interested in financial investing, financial in financial management. However, 64% of your demo has never even taken a look at how to manage your finances. It's just, it's, you know, there's quite a discrepancy in there. The study shows, I'm going to run through just a few of the statistics here. It shows that 76% of Zoomers say that high school should have offered classes on managing finances, there's a gap in there. 51% are afraid that money issues will prevent them from doing what they want to do in life. 43% uh, are afraid they won't have enough money to be happy. That's a big one. 37% feel compelled to compete financially with peers, as the older as the boomers would say, keeping up with the Joneses. 35% uh, self-reported poor spending habits. And 30% believe that the system is set up for them to fail, uh, to fail financially. And when we look through those stats, and you know, to me, it's, it's dismaying and alarming that so many of the younger demographic um, are, are struggling with this concept of finances. So we're going to talk today, we've identified a few of the, uh, a few of the, the most relevant topics, we would say. And then, Jesse, as we go through this, you know, we'll just sort of freewheel it and you can just come up with anything that comes to your mind. Keeping sort of from the perspective of as you're sitting and chatting with your peers, you know, what are the discussions that you have? Fear number one that we're going to start with, there's a high percentage of people that feel that problems or that money problems will hold you back. And uh, of note, the average debt, now this is a U.S. study, but it probably is fairly relevant here in Canada. The average debt of Zoomers today is about $14,700. And so it's easy to see when there's a lack of education and you know struggling with debt and that's either uh, a combination typically of student debt or of credit card debt there's a, a lack of confidence that things are going to uh, you know work out in the future so i'm just curious what are your when you're chatting with your friends is this a topic that comes up or what are your thoughts on this interesting well first i have a question this mm. average fourteen thousand seven hundred dollars nice beautiful my accountant's calling right in the middle of a video um, carry on <laughs> uh so my question yeah First question that I have is this average debt of $14,700, where does that come from? Just exclusively credit cards and student loans? Uh, predominantly. 
uh, the study, if you go to the details, predominantly student loans and credit card debt. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And that averages out over all of the people in the, our age range. Correct. There's an average. Um, many have a lot higher, obviously, and some have zero, right? Mm -hmm. um, so somewhere in that range. And so when you look at the demographic as a group, that's I see that as a concern. And, you know, I think back to gee, the early 80s when you know, I was more your age, and uh, I remember a friend of mine who had gotten into debt problem. And back in the day, I, I remember the number, he was in debt $10,000. Now, factor in inflation, that's even more than $15,000 today. But um, I remember the, the stress that he was going through when he you know, sort of decided to sort of fight that issue. So yeah, when you talk amongst your friends, don't mention any names, of course, but do you, does this come up as a problem? Mm -hmm. It does. And it's, um, it's staggering to see the number because, I mean, growing up with you and the, you know, living with the lessons that you taught us at a very young age, um, you know, we haven't personally experienced significant debt mm -hmm. um, in our lives. Mm -hmm. um, however, you know, in a big friend group that we have and just meeting people and, and talking about this kind of stuff now that we're kind of getting to that age, um, I'm realizing that there are a lot of people who, through student loans and, and I guess just like poor spending habits, mm -hmm. um, are dealing with uh, this kind of debt, which, I mean, I guess from my perspective, I can't say that I'm in this like Gen Z millennial category where um, I'm like, oh, I resonate with this because we've had you to um, uh, kind of instill this in us. Um, but yeah, it is, it is, it is a problem that uh, in my personal life through people I know and just mm. experience, it's something that is to be considered and isn't, you know, it's not just, if you're somebody who, doesn't personally deal with that with debt. That doesn't mean that it's not a real thing, right? Yeah, good point. And it's more it's a, more of a societal issue, right? Than you know each individual. Obviously, um, there's there's um, you know if we look at credit card and student loan debt. I mean, I differentiate between those two. It's still debt, but uh, there's you know good debt and bad debt. And if you're a say a 25 year old who you know maybe has purchased a, a whole a condo or an apartment. Most people would consider a mortgage to be good debt. You know, there's an asset that you're having there. It's not debt that you've gone and gone on vacations five times. And so you've you know, got your credit cards maxed out. So it is important, I think, to differentiate between that, uh, those two types of debt. I would also say a key here, and you know, how do you fix this? Uh, I'm, I believe that people are, today have sort of got, well, I guess we've always lived beyond our means. And so the availability of credit makes it so easy to just go out and buy stuff and then you know we'll deal with it later and then later comes and i think of the you know some of the uh, there's a famous furniture store i'm thinking of that you know pay in 2023 or you know buy it today and so the the theory kind of is if you don't have the money today you feel well i'll buy this and i'll get a better job or i'll make more money or i'll save more money i'll pay it off in two years I mean, they don't offer those for nothing. The reality is that a lot of people don't. And then, of course, there's fees and what have you come on top of that. So, um, yeah, well, that's um, it is interesting to know in your discussions, Jess, with with your peers, that this is something that, that is a, a topic. And uh, I hope that we are able to um, recognize it and, you know, take steps to, to avoid it. By... I wonder what that is, though, because, I mean, personally, like I've never had credit card debt that I couldn't pay off. Right. Like it was always like, you know, and sometimes it got pretty heavy. I got my new set of golf clubs, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, $850 or a couple thousand dollars for a credit card. But it's like when yeah. I use my credit card to purchase that, I had that money in my bank account. Right. 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 And in a lot of cases, I guess, um, that's, you know, people get caught up in the, the, the offers of, uh, or the allure of, you know, not paying for something right now because you, know, yeah. you don't need to worry about it. Right. 
Well, I think that's the case. Well, clearly it is because, you know, most people, if you had money in your bank account and you had a credit card bill that comes due at the end of the month, you would pay it off. So clearly and this is where you're, you know, extending beyond what you are capable of. And that kind of almost ties into the, the next uh, fear number two that we addressed here, which is the pressure to compete with peers. And I think a lot of it is that. And, you know, I think I think Brandon did a video um, you know, probably a couple of years ago now where in the video, he talked about everybody was going on vacation and he didn't have a ton of extra money sitting around. And, oh, I, th I don't think he took on debt to go on vacation, but I think he cashed in, you know, some money, is it TFSA or RRSP or something to go on holidays. So with in your discussions with your peers, Jesse, um, how much of this is an issue? Do you feel or do you feel that the group, there is that peer pressure to live up to a certain status maybe, whether it's a new car, mm -hmm. clothing, that type of thing. What is your, what are your experience there? Um, well, I think it depends on the individual. Okay. Um, but something, an example that I like to think of is, I mean, the, the pressures of moving out, especially here in Vancouver, right? I mean, right. it's a lot of money that you're going to be spending every month. And obviously there's positives and negatives that you can argue. Um, but the point is there have been a lot of people who have, I think, have moved out because their peers have been moving out. Right. right. And that not, aren't necessarily in a situation that would, you know, be, that, that would be a good idea yeah. um, financially, but because of the um, pressure and the expectation almost, the expectation yeah, yeah. almost uh, and of course, I mean, as somebody who's been moved out since <laughs> I, know, I was like 20, it's, uh, there's a lot of good things I have there's to say. There's an allure about. to doing it, exactly, right? Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And, you know, it's, mm. my friends are, and peers are in similar situations yeah, and similar yeah. types of people, so it's something mm. that... Um, is yeah definitely alluring however i think i mean it is important and i guess the reason behind you know kind of talking about this subject and uh, you know i guess the idea behind the channel is that you know you have to be able to decide whether any decision you make um financially is suitable for for your situation right? yeah so yeah i mean that's something that i think is definitely very prevalent in my circle in your orbit yeah well one of the um one of the findings in this study was when people do compete with their peers it, it it's costly but then even when you um because you're always trying to live up to the highest standard right and then when people um, are unable to they become you know the, the study says discouraged and demoralized because they're not keeping up and then then they disengage and not from their friends but they disengage from this concept of gee how much should i be spending or is this a problem that i'm building up here and uh so there's that there's the, the realization that, wow, this isn't a good thing, but you know what? You throw your hands up and you just go, I'm not moving back home or I'm just going to do what I have to do to, uh, to make it work. So uh, I would say to fix that problem, one of the keys would be, uh, and this is hard to do, especially for a younger person, but know what your priorities are. And it's age old and keep it up with the Joneses. Everybody, every generation has gone through that, but it's good to remind us of all ages the fact that your neighbor got a new toy, it doesn't mean you have to get a new toy. Or the fact, you know, so all these things we just mm -hmm. talked about, what are your, uh, do you, do, have you seen that with your groups? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, what we, like how that would be addressed, I think would be a good overarching way to describe that would be to like build those habits early on in, yes, in your yeah. childhood, right? Yeah. Like the same way that you did for us, right? right. Is, you know, start investing, start right. saving, understand these concepts. But I mean, as a, a former investment advisor and I mean, current dad, <laughs> what advice would you give to somebody who, like, let's say, I mean, somebody that I know who didn't have that um, advice given younger. to them by their parents right. or, 
you know, who, who are now in their adult years and having to deal with all this, like what in that situation would you suggest? Hey everybody, it's Brandon here. I'd like to interrupt today's episode very briefly to remind you that if you're looking for more training in the Canadian stock market, don't hesitate to check out our Investing Academy. You can join our private membership group and get access to our top stock picks, trade calls, portfolio insights, and a variety of tools that are helping our members all across the country better their own investing journeys. All it takes is one great stock idea or tip, and that alone can cover years and years of your subscription to our membership group. If you're looking for some additional video training to broaden your knowledge and expand your understanding of the stock market in Canada, we do of course offer a fully video online training program where you can learn from the comfort of your home amongst a variety of students across the country. Both of these products can be found at www.theinvestingacademy.ca where you can sign up for them online or schedule a call with us to learn more. Now back to our scheduled episode. Well, you're amazing, Jesse, because fear number three, the financial insecurity, a cause of that is, that's been identified is Gen Z's failure to start even savings. And it, it, it's tough, and especially in the environment that we live in where the cost of living is very high. So there's different pockets in the country, so everybody's not in the same circumstance. But even though we, have, we live in an area with high housing costs, it doesn't mean that going to McDonald's is more expensive, or it doesn't mean that buying food at a grocery. So... I kind of understand the cost of living uh, argument, uh, but at the same time, a lot of what we do in our life, um, you know, the, the, it, there's not that direct apples to apples uh, comparison. So uh, to your point, like, I wish that the schools instilled the importance of that basic savings plan and, and starting, even if it's, I would say $25 a month, you know, if you have limited cash flow, just putting the money away. And there's a lot of your peers who probably still live at home. And I, I mean, I know a lot of your friends and I, I know some of the, the people, there's a difference between some who are living at home, let's say rent-free, for example, who are taking all the money they would otherwise be paying and putting it away, investing it, putting it into their, their TFSA, for example. Um, there's um, there's quite, a few of that, quite a bit of that. And then of course, there's the flip side where people have that cash flow and it's exciting when you get your first job, when you start working, and you've got the cash flow just to go out and do all these things. So um, understanding that you, you, the old pay yourself first rule, where you take a percentage of that and you know, going right back, if, if some of you have seen the video that the boys and I did on some of the lessons I taught them when they were younger, part of that training, I would call it, was that every time you buy something, you have to put a percentage of the money away in long-term savings. And, and I think that it, it's not so much the $25 today, but it's instilling that habit. And I, I know that, you know, you in your head that's ingrained. As a representative of the Zoomer generation, are you seeing that? Is this something that you talk about with your friends? No. It's like um, when I do see it, it's a rarity. Right. Because I, I know what like what's happening, I recognize it. And there's a few friends that it's like, okay, this guy's got it figured out. Right. I would say in most cases, the you know, it's the understanding that it's not the $25 today, it's the $25 every month forever right. that's going to make the difference like that's not um yeah, that's a much more difficult concept to resonate with than like 25 dollars a day and also like you know mcdonald's that you're right. that you're hungry for and that you're craving yeah that's a lot easier to to lean into um and even for me so yeah i, I understand that and there's this um there's the um 
the concept of, you know, it's easier for an older person to look back and see, well, the last two generations or the last two decades, this is what's happened. It's harder for a 24 or 25 or 30 year old even to look ahead two generations or two decades and go, okay, if I do this today, it, it'll be a payoff. And it's one of the things I've always found kind of challenging about the industry that I worked in is that, you know, you come in, you, you, you deposit your money and you don't get anything. You don't walk home with something shiny. You can't go and eat something or there's the, the payoff is always down the road. <laughs> and so it's uh, it's a, uh, it's a mindset that we have to get into as a society. And uh, yeah, so it doesn't surprise me that you're in your circle. Um, you see some of those uh, are not necessarily bad habits, but not good habits, right? Uh, doing that um, habits. Uh, fear number four that we identified is just sort of in the category of bad spending habits. And one of the things that as a boomer, I'm aware it's ubiquitous with the younger generation is this concept of, I want to live for today. You know, you don't know what tomorrow's going to bring and why am I going to put a whole bunch of money in and save? So when I'm an old person, I can't do these things. I'm going to do it today. And I fully agree with the concept of that balance, but I do worry about people who spend all of their money today to live those experiences and then you know, hopefully people get older and uh, run into troubles down the road. I'm sure you've experienced that with your, mm-hmm. with your peer group. Yeah, and I mean, maybe this isn't as thought out as it needs to be, but it, to me it seems like just kind of a lack of understanding. Could be. Right? It's, it's, um, or at least has a big part of it, right? Like if you understood, and I mean, if you're watching this type of video and you're into this kind of stuff, you're definitely on the right track and right. more likely to resonate with this kind of stuff. Mm. Um, but if you understand why you're doing these things, like why you're not spending that $25 today, the, the value of it later down the road, if you truly understand that, you're significantly more likely to be able to do that. But I mean, as we touched on earlier, uh, a lot of people go their entire adolescence and high school years without knowing that this is something that is even a thing, right? right if, you don't, yeah. if you're not aware of it, if you're not yeah. made aware of it, yeah. um, you know, while you, you know, if you're not shown that um, at a young age when, you know, it's other people's like parents and teachers' responsibilities to kind of guide you. Mm-hmm. Then you're not going to understand it, right? Um, and yeah, like I said, it's it's way easier to just say, like, ah, oh, this this what I understand is this twenty five dollars is going to get me a really nice meal out, um, and a hot pot, and that's going to make yeah. me, and that's going to make me happy, right? That's yeah. very easy to yeah. understand. So yeah. I think it all just comes down to awareness and understanding to influence decision. Well, um, yeah, I mean, well said. And, you know, on this topic, the study shows that um, that the boomers or even the millennials uh, rely on your peers to make spending decisions. And again, this is kind of like going back to the keeping up with the Joneses. Everybody sort of tends to follow the same the same habit. They're affixed to that, I would say, Uh, similar to what we just talked about before. And point two, I think, was just know yourself, know what your objectives are and have some plans. They don't have to be complicated, but just simple, even something as simple as. I want to put that money away and I would say do whatever it takes. So if you're short for a month, well, then you stay home for a couple of meals or you don't go for that extra round of golf, that type of thing. You just, you, know, you, you resolve in yourself, um, but it's hard because I mean, we are, we're all social animals, right? And so we like to do things with other people, but sometimes that is, um, that's what it takes. Jesse, I want to cycle back to sort of an overriding theme here, and this is the education system. And you hear it all the time that um, that the education system doesn't teach us these important concepts of money management, not necessarily investing even. Investing, certainly not, but even how to manage a checkbook or balance a, uh, a checkbook, that type of thing. You went through school. Um, just your, your gut, your honest opinion of, of 
I think you probably agree it is a problem. What should be done? Oh man, that's a tough one. <laughs> okay, so this might be a hot take, but um, like going through everything that we've gone through with the Investing Academy, speaking with people and you know having the channel and people reach out, like what I'm learning is that, I mean, this is not something that you understand as, as, a, as a young person, but I mean, everybody at throughout their entire lives are responsible for understanding this stuff even parents, even teachers, even people of authority. And I mean, what we're seeing is that there are a lot of people who don't understand it. And I think what happens is what it seems like is it's almost like a, you know, taboo, right? Like there's, there's for some reasons, this, this gap in uh, education regarding um, finances, like it seems like it's coming from a place of like, yeah, you shouldn't be discussing your finances anyways. Private. It's all private. It's all yeah, private yeah, yeah. stuff. Yeah, but yeah. And, you know, I, I, the hot take is that like I feel like the people that kind of are instilling that probably don't have a full understanding of their finances because you know if they if they did in cases like you know like you and brandon and, and everything that we're doing with the channel it's like i mean we understand the importance of it and you know it's so much more valuable to say like you know this is the stuff you need to understand you don't have this figured out right now that's okay it's very important that you do right and it just seems like that narrative isn't hasn't been pushed um historically and is yeah well, and what kind of ticks me off is everybody, every single person has to deal with finances um, when they grow up. And so how that gap is in the school system just, it blows my mind where of all of the subject matter that we learn from kindergarten up to grade 12, uh, there's so many things that we're exposed to. And yet there's such a, we just brush the surface, if that, of these things that, Every day we deal with whether you know you go to the store and you paying cash. Well, you need to know how much your change should be, or concepts like the you know the the, the good habits. So yeah, I mean, I guess we could probably talk for an hour in another uh, video about this uh, this gap in there. But uh, yeah, I was just curious about what your take on it was because you've more recently completed that process. Uh, you know, I went through school many many years ago, and so uh, it's kind of a distant memory for me. But having seen you and Brandon go through school, um, I was dismayed at how this real world subject is so uh, pushed to the side almost. So, uh, yeah. Well, good, Jesse, I appreciate you coming here. Well, to visit in the first place, but to spend a little bit of time and do this video because uh, I, I wanted uh, just to be specifically, as you know, a lot of our demographic is younger, is your age. And so uh, hopefully this can resonate and give some of your peers uh, some ideas. Now, before we sign off for today, I also want to just acknowledge, because you're here as well, as many of you know, certainly if you're a regular channel viewer, uh, you know that a recent video that Brandon put out uh, talked about the fact that he's going to be a dad uh, in a few months. And, um, you know, I'm just, uh, it's, it's, well, we've had a lot of feedback specifically because, you know, a lot of the viewers, because I'm part of the channel are, you know, oh, you're going to be a grandpa and, you know, uh, asking questions about how I feel about that. So I'll just, you know, I'll just say it's hard. Well, for those of you who are grandparents, it's really hard to, I mean, I'm not yet, but it's emotional and it's a, it's awesome news. And you know, when Brandon and Vivian uh, called to tell us they'd gotten back from the ultrasound and first of all, Brandon FaceTimed me and we were in the kitchen and Brandon doesn't usually FaceTime, he usually calls or we arrange, you know, a time to, to talk uh, on Zoom or whatever. And so but that's odd. So he FaceTimed me and then Vivian was standing behind him in the, in the video. I went, okay, something is weird here. And I kind of figured this is what it might be because you know, they've been together for a long time. Uh, you know, they're engaged and, and I suspected at some point 
uh, you know, they, they go this route. So, uh, yeah, as I was sort of putting two and two together, you know, they showed the picture of the ultrasound and, and it was good. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, for those of you who care so much, and Brandon has received so many congratulations, well, Brandon and Vivian have received so many uh, well wishes and words of wisdom, and here's what you do, and be careful and get some sleep now because you won't be able to then. Um, you, I know, uh, will be an uncle for the first time, and, uh, you know, maybe share your thoughts on what your, what your feelings are. <laughs> and, you, and you live right beside Brandon, so you'll, mm. you'll be able to see the little gaffer a lot. Yeah, I've had a little bit more time to process it. I don't know if you know this, but I was the first, other than Vivian, I guess, the first person <laughs> to know that yes. you know, they were, yeah. you know, having a baby. Well, um, Jesse also, he, he does ultrasound, so he was able to confirm the pregnancy. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I've known, I've known for a while, and um, I mean, Brandon and I have grown very close over the years, mm. um, but it's just something different, and I'm, I, I know that everybody who has become an uncle or had a kid says it, yeah. but like, you don't, it's just like when it all becomes like real like that, yeah. like, it's like, here's the ultrasound, like, maybe it's, it's, it's yeah. um. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I just, uh, I'm sad that I'm no longer going to be the youngest immediate beavis. <laughs> That's I, right. I, I require a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. And, no uh, more. I imagine that it's all going to be going to the baby. So I'm going to need, there's going to be a bit of a learning curve for cool Uncle Jesse. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, you will be a cool uncle. And uh, yeah, well said. Um, 